Welcome to the very latest book from the Blue Podcast on this happy occasion when we look back at the game against uh, Stretford, Trafford. I don't even know what they're called these days. But anyway, a very, very comfortable win. And since the last time that we were with you, uh, nice, safe uh, passage through against um, Peterborough 2 0. Um, and uh, a 1-0 win against Everton. So here we are against uh, United, a game we really had to win. I'm sure that all the United supporters uh, were joined by their Liverpool compatriots hoping for some kind of banana skin situation, but didn't happen. And that's uh, what we're uh, here to talk about. And uh, a very interesting point uh, made by The Guardian here. It said, a Manchester derby without any recognised strikers, with apologies to Marcus Rashford, of course. But it's not been like this, says The Guardian, since the mid-1980s, when Mark Lillis of Man City was lining up against Peter Davenport. Now, guys, if you can remember that, then I'd be seriously <laughs> impressed. But anyway, let's int- let- let's introduce our, our, our guest. First of all, Colin Savage. Colin, thank you for coming on. It's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure, particularly after the result we had, of course. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. We've also got uh, Bernard Denine, as you'd expect. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice glow, wasn't it, after the game? And uh, it's still sort of there now, but to be on air talking about it, I think I've got me, me glow back. Yeah, and we've also got <laughs> Ray. Ray, stop munching those crisps and uh, let's, hear, <laughs> let's, crisps. Hear, let's hear how you're doing. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the horse to be out with the pleasantries and say hello, but... Um, I'm all right, Mike. Obviously, you win a match, you feel good, you have it, you feel great. Absolutely. Um, let's take a look at uh, the lineups. Uh, uh, mostly predictable Aderson, Cancelo, Laporte, Stones, Walker, Rodri, Silva, De Bruyne, Mares, Foden, Grealish. Uh, Bernard, I'm probably a little bit surprised about Grealish uh, instead of Sterling, but um, has, he, has he merited it uh, based on his previous few outings? Well, I'm sick of banging the drum for Grealish. I seem to be a lone figure of most of the season. But I picked 11. I got 10 right. And I thought I thought Pep had revert to Sterling, to be honest with you. I thought, I thought he'd go for Sterling every day of the week. But I was dead chuffed. I was pretty chuffed when he named Grealish because I just thought he'd have a bit of fun. And no disrespect to Sterling. I think, I think based on that team I watched... United team I watched. I think Sterling would have had some fun as well, in all fairness. So I thought whichever 11 turned up, I think we would have pretty much had a similar sort of result. Yeah, indeed. Uh, let's just go over to Colin. Let's take a look at this Manchester United lineup just just for a bit of sadistic fun here. <laughs> so you've got uh, De Gea, Juan Bissaka, who at one time looked like a decent, um, a decent fullback. Uh, although, you know, the the idea was like limitations going forward, but there seemed to be limitations at the back as well. Lindelof, he's one of my favourite players, that guy. He makes me laugh every time I see him. Um, Maguire, those two, uh, actually, I, I, I'm going to modify that. that. That's a real comedy couple there. Lindelof and Maguire. Tellez, yeah. don't really know. The Markham and defending. <laughs> right. Right. Do you, do you, do you realise, guys, I put up a little tweet about this, that we were almost on the point of signing Harry Maguire. So, you know, <laughs> let that humble you. I, I, I can't believe our sophisticated scouting network could have possibly <laughs> fallen for signing Maguire. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure it was just an elaborate ruse to get United to pay <laughs> ridiculous amount of money. All right. And so you've got that famed midfield uh, partnership uh, which people call McFred, that's McTominay and Fred, and then Ilanga just uh, basically appeared on the scene uh, recently. Bruno Fernandez, his stars waned a bit. Um, then they've got that luxury player, uh, Pogba, and our old uh, boy, the very treacherous uh, Jaden Sancho there. Uh, so that was uh, how the teams uh, lined up. Uh, and uh, off we go, Ray, and uh, didn't have to wait very long, did we? It was about, was it four or five minutes? We scored the first goal. Um, five minutes. Yeah, five minutes. So, yeah, look, um, you know, it's nice bit of uh, work by, I, let me get the people right. We had Forden, um, Forden did some, yeah, uh, Bernardo. Yeah. Very Greenish and Forden. Greenish and, Bernardo. And, um, Bernardo, that's it. Forden was watching, watching on. Um 
And um, yeah, uh, Bernardo got to the uh, to the byline and uh, just pulled the ball back into space. You know, I don't I don't think he'd seen who was there, but we actually, I mean, United. Uh, uh, I've seen a, st- a still from this. You got a situation where United, United had two players, uh, one at the penalty spot and one a few yards uh, uh, just outside the the six yard area, and we had two players in the box. Um, Forden and, and uh, De Bruyne not too far away from them, and Mares coming in, in at the um, far post. So United were crazy because they had three men around Bernardo Silva. Uh, it just did it all. We, we, I'm sure we're going to slate their their application, uh, their thought processes, and their defending plenty during this pod. But it was terrible defending. Um, um, the ball just popped into the open area of the, the box. Um, and De Bruyne just came along and just he just stroked it home uh, in between uh, Maguire's legs, and De Gea had no chance. I mean, he probably didn't see it. Uh, and by the time you know De Bruyne hit it, it was in the back of the net. It was just it was just so easy, so simple. Uh, and it, it it kind of it kind of sums up United and City uh, the way we scored that goal so easily. Yeah, I'm liking the look of uh, of Kevin De Bruyne, and I I. I, I, I a very very nice and uh, a sweet uh, strike. Loved his celebration too. Uh, what did you think, Bernard? Yeah, I mean, let's. Uh, what I liked about it was the fact we just smacked it. We just, you know, all game. We just when we got a chance near the box or in the box, we didn't faff about with it. I mean, unless we had to, or unless we had to sort of just move it slightly to one side to get a better shot in. We're just smacking. We're just smacking it, and because there was that many bodies in the box, sometimes all right, or, or sometimes they're going to get blocked. But sometimes we're going to get deflections that are going to work for us. And that's exactly what we did. So I'm hoping this is a new philosophy. And I hope uh, KDB and all these other guys, the Bernardos and the Foldens, are just going to do that. Just going to start smacking them when they get the opportunity rather than faff about looking for someone else. Just get it get it well towards goal with a bit of class. And uh, we saw the benefits later on, didn't we? But uh, KDB has been workmanlike and working very hard recently. But this this game, he absolutely loved it. He came, he came back. He came back into some sort of uh, form that we expect from KDB. And I uh, think he got a little bit of a knocked into, I believe. But I think he's fine. I think he'll be okay. But uh, a wonderful performance by all the team. But KDB was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really quite extraordinary. Uh, listening to United fans uh, booing their own players and mm-hmm. uh, really, really drunk that in. And actually, there was a really funny piece of commentary, the one that I was listening to. It was describing how United were lined up. It says, Pogba and Fernandez are playing up front with each other like Ian Rush and Kenny Dalglish used to. I was thinking, that's got to be the most ridiculous comparison in the world. And then uh, the co-commentator came in, and said, uh, "Yeah, maybe without the pr- without the actual pressing." Um, and that's uh, that, that's pretty much um, uh, the way it was. Um, so lovely uh, link up with uh, Bernardo and Grealish, De Bruyne smashing that home, and City began to uh, to really hum at that point. But I thought that uh, uh, that actually in that first half, uh, Colin, that United were not totally rubbish for the whole. 45 minutes is probably maybe one of their best like performances despite the score. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting that their lineup was quite attacking. And, um, and previously, they had quite a bit of success against us by being, you know, basically getting men behind the ball and relying on the break. But uh, they were almost at times playing a 4 2 4. And so it wasn't really surprising, I guess, that they, they had occasional chances. But uh, I, I watched the game back and um, it wasn't, you know, it, it, you watch it in the emotion of the moment live at the uh, stadium and and you, you kind of see it, almost see a different game. Uh, watching it back dispassionately, of course, knowing the result. Um, yeah, they had they had the moments. They had three or four shot, you know, attempts in that uh, first half uh, where they were getting forward. But I thought we defended uh, reasonably well. And... Um, you, you, there was a clever ebb and flow to that first half. Um, after um, there was a point where they had a few attacks, and we just slow the game down and keep control of the ball, which we 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 hadn't done quite as effectively as we could have done earlier on. Um, but after about twenty five minutes, really, they, they they petered out a little bit. I think I thought we had uh, pretty well 
control of the game after that. Um, and certainly, you know, I, I remember saying when they went in for half time, well, you know, it, it was it was in many ways a very even half. But having watched it back, it actually, you know, we were we, we were 75 percent dominant in that first half. I, I don't think it was quite as even as perhaps I thought it was at the time. Yeah, and uh, Ray, uh, they 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 talk about like a game of two halves, but United looked like like a, like a team with two halves because they they were they they were all right going forward. Now they've they've got this terrible soft underbelly at the back. You know, they look like they can be got at pretty mm. much at will. Do you not think? Oh yeah, I mean, look, they've got some good players. I mean, you know, all players that used to be uh, quite good. So they, you know, they've got a bit of pace about them. Um, if you think about, you know, Sancho Young got a bit of pace. Um, and so, you know, you can't just totally discount them. But, you know, in terms of running around, I think Colin said, it didn't put much effort in, in terms of pressing and, and chasing back. And, you know, if you, you know there's that old uh, saying that, um, you know, defending starts from the front. And therefore, I haven't heard about, about that saying because they, they put very little effort in. And so it just allows us to get at their their defence. And as I said, as I described for that uh, first, uh, first goal, their defence was all over the shop. They have no idea what's going on. And at some point, you've got to say, well, who's, you know, I'm, you know, not that I'm uh, uh, sad that United are struggling, but you've got to say this is what their sixth or seventh manager since uh, uh, old Purple Nose left. And, um, you know, where's, where are they struggling? You know, the, the players... They spent a ton of money on players, so surely the players are good enough. They've got managers that used to be good, some of them, um, and they're pretty pretty lousy. You know, they've dropped up. They're 22 points behind City right now. It's it's laughable um, how they've done it. And watching their fans crying, you saw tears <laughs> crying on camera uh, because the, the team were losing. I'm, I'm sure that was half made up because these guys make money from um, people, basically people laughing at them. Um, so, uh, long, as I said before, long may their demise continue, and I hope they, they hope <laughs> hope get worse. But they were horrible. Twenty-second uh, minute, uh, Bernard. Um, we had a goal from uh, our old boy Jaden Sancho. A very punchable celebration, too. I think most <laughs> of the most of the city fans wanted to kick his head in, but um, it was a nice goal, though. Yeah, I thought I thought he was possi- possibly one of their better players on the day. I think he has improved slightly from listening to United fans when I've had to the last couple of weeks when I'm preparing for this derby match. And yeah, it was a very good. It was Pogba, wasn't it? I mean, we just got caught again around that halfway line, didn't we? Got caught for pace. All right, Walker was there, but uh, it was quite. I thought when you look back and watch it and know you've won four one, it, it's quite laughable. Uh, obviously, as as uh, as he, he approached the area and Walker, obviously Bruno went. For flying past and Walker literally just sort of took a glance behind I think we are talking about it with Ray last night he just took a glance behind, saw Rodri behind and he thought oh we'll be alright and he, he, he followed Bernardo and he just left it for Sanchez basically just to pick his spot, he just, he just managed to sort of nudge it to his right and obviously Rodri didn't get to him uh, and it's a great great shot, great finish uh, some people said Edison was at fault, I don't think he had a cat in hell's chance of getting to that and it went in off the post but uh, a, a good goal and Pog, a great assist by uh, Pogba, wasn't it? A great ball through, through you know, a bit, bit Tottenham-esque in a way, straight through our, uh, on the halfway line. It was so, uh, it was 1-1. And I, I'll have to admit, I wasn't overly confident at that stage that we were going to go on comfortably and win this. Well, uh, Colin Savage, that smug little grin on uh, Sancho's face didn't last that long. It was only six minutes, actually, uh, before uh, another... Uh, Kevin De Bruyne strike. What did you think about this one? Chaos and confusion in the United defence. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was. Um, it started with Carl Walker actually uh, early on. He, he played a brilliant ball cross field to to Jack Grealish, uh, which enabled us to start another attack. And um, United cleared that, but the ball came back to uh, Jack Grealish, who was just about on the corner of the area, and he sort of headed it square into Phil Foden's. Path so basically parallel to the the kind of the um, the, the the line uh, of, of the, uh, the the what, 18 yard line at the penalty area uh, and Foden had to take it in his stride but he lifted it brilliantly over one United defender get, uh, kept himself between uh, the other defender and the ball uh, at least a shot 
And uh, De Gea saved it, which, which did, did well. Uh, Bernardo Silva then followed up, and his shot was blocked, I think, by Maguire. Uh, but that fell to Kevin De Bruyne, who made no mistake. So 2-1, game on. It's great seeing uh, De Bruyne in this uh, this mood. He's just um, uh, fairly decisive. And uh, we're just going to, uh, at this point, uh, uh, put the guys on their toes, but with a couple of little pop quiz questions. <laughs> now, at this point, De Bruyne was on, was, was on a hat-trick, obviously didn't get it. But uh, here's question number one, guys. Uh, when was the last time um, Man City uh, got uh, a Man City player got a hat trick in a derby match? Wow. Any ideas? A City well, player. Yeah. A City player getting um, a hat trick in a derby match. Well, Sterling has. And uh, I'll, give, I'll give you a little no. bit of help. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure Colin Savage might have been at this match. Um, <laughs> Now, I'm not, the, I'm not being cheeky there. I, I'm not. I'm not talking about the 1800s. I'm talking about you know, in that team, that uh, that particular team that you that you loved, uh, Colin. First, it has to be a has to be the um, first team. It can't be the under 18s. No, no. One <laughs> recently, the under 18s. I I, I, I'm struggling to remember a City player getting a hat trick in a derby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get, Jim, it wasn't Dennis Stewart. It wasn't Dennis Stewart. This player was um, a renowned penalty winner. Franny Lee. Oh, Franny Lee. Yeah. Franny Lee. Any any guesses on the on the year? Seventy. Nineteen sixty nine. Very close. You're one one year out there. Nineteen seventy. Okay. Nineteen seventy. Now for bonus points, guys. Um, when was the last time a United player scored a hat trick in the derby? Konchelski. I'll tell you. The, I'll tell you the year. It was 1994, and the player said, was yeah. not 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 British. I just said Konchelski. Yeah. Absolutely, well done, Andre Konchelski in in 1994. I, I, I thought so, it was Billy Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, guys. Well done. Well done. So I think. That was um, that was United's little. Um, that was kind of like almost the 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 high point of 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 their of their play. Uh, nice commentary here again from um, from the Guardian saying it. It was at this point that City began to go through United like a knife through Vimto. <laughs> that was quite nice. <laughs> uh, short-lived celebrations uh, uh, for United and. Um, uh, Jack Grealish was, as you say, um, in, involved in, in, in the build-up to that. And actually, um, there's um, been quite some um, speculation online about um, what Grealish uh, brings to the team. And uh, we think we have the answer now. There's been a couple of articles written about this. And apparently, it's not for goals and assists. It's for dragging players towards uh, him, attracting players towards himself. And uh, creating space for the others. Uh, Colin, is that um, a little bit unfair about his attributes? Uh, yeah, I think it is, to be honest. I think uh, it was much better than that. Not that we have seen it so so much from him um, um, so far. But, well, yeah, he, did, he did score yeah, recently. No, a nice goal. He, he started off in his first few games, he looked really good. Uh, and then... Um, he wasn't really getting into games, and um, but uh, yeah, I, I watched him particularly uh, um, this game, and he was so involved, he was so inventive. When he got the ball, he, he never gave it away. He always had something uh, inventive in him, uh, and it was just a joy to watch. It was indeed. He's he's uh, you you feel that he's improving. Uh, United's fullbacks were getting a terrible chasing, especially Elanga. Uh, tra- having to try and deal with uh, Philip Foden, that's a thankless task as well. Mares was quite uh, quiet in that first half, but uh, more of more of him later. So there were um, three minutes uh, added on, and uh, that was uh, that was your halftime score, two one uh, to City. Any other comments about this first half before we get into the the meat and the drink of this pod? Anybody? Yeah, um, definitely one. Um, there was a penalty shout quite early on. Um, mm-hmm. Potential penalty shot. It looked like it um, to me. And, and I, I just made some notes. Um, it's about the 12th minute, so quite early on. Uh, the United were attacking. City broke. I think it was Pogba who pulled uh, Cancello back by the shirt. 
but he wasn't booked. I mean, that's normally an automatic booking. And and you, there was a bit of a pattern of this. Um, and a couple of minutes later, uh, Kevin De Bruyne was, um, well, uh, Harry Maguire went straight through him after the ball had gone. And again, you'd expect a yellow for that, but Maguire wasn't booked. Um, and then the just a, a few minutes after that, um, KDB, we, we hunted down United in midfield, won the ball. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne burst into the area, uh, had a shot, which uh, De Gea parried. Now, Phil Foden looked favourite to get to that ball, but Harry Maguire had his arm around him and, and kind of pulled him down. Now, literally, that was right opposite where, where I sit, and that looks a penalty all day long. Yet Michael Oliver gave uh, a free kick to United. Now, if he gives that as a penalty, which, and, and VAR didn't interrupt him, if he gives that a penalty, he's got to send Maguire off or at least book him. So, so Maguire, by the 18th minute, is already very lucky to still be on the field. I, d- I demand an apology. I want an apology off the VGMOL, uh, whatever they yeah, call yeah. I want an apology. The, the, commentator, the city commentator, Alistair Mann, made a great point that, you know, Michael Oliver could have given nothing. He could have treated it as a, a 50-50 tussle for the ball because it looked a bit like Phil Foden was leaning in, but Harry Maguire had his hand on him, was pulling him down. And um, uh, Alistair Mann made the point that say, Michael Oliver would probably have better off giving nothing and treating it as a 50-50. But by giving a free kick the other way, it showed he saw something. It wasn't like he was just ignoring it. It showed he'd seen something. But we know Michael Oliver... He has a reputation as being a guy who bottles the big decision. Uh, and ironically, that's what seems to get you to the top in um, Mike Riley's world. You know, so give give a penalty, uh, give a penalty wrongly, a couple of penalties wrongly, and you'll, um, you know, you'll earn his wrath. But, you know, ignore the big decisions. And we've seen Michael Oliver do this a few times before in Derby games. Um, you know, nothing gets said. Now, you know, when you look at the fuss about the penalty... That there wasn't at Everton. There's been nothing. Virtually, I mean, imagine they didn't even show it. Uh, oh, they only showed it when they were showing uh, a clip of Phil Foden, I think, uh, towards uh, uh, a compendium of Phil Foden's action towards the end. But no one commented on it. Been, there's been no Sky usually, you know, have it on a yellow ticker, uh, headline news every uh, every hour on the half hour or whatever they do. Uh, you know, the media scream about it. And that was a penalty. And it was a red card, uh, at least. Uh, well, at least a yellow. Least uh, and it should have been a red because there was no genuine attempt to play the ball. So, uh, and it was denial of a clear goal scoring opportunity. So, um, and, you know, there were a number of other incidents where you think that's got to be a booking. And, and again, listening to the uh, commentary, when we had a free kick, uh, I think it was Fred clattered Mares just outside the area in the second half. And we had that free kick that um, Kevin De Bruyne drove kind of low through the wall. Uh, and the commentator said, well, that's going to be a red card. Uh, uh, sorry, that's going to be a yellow card for Fred. Uh, and he was so sure it was going to be a yellow card for Fred. He didn't realise the yellow card hadn't been. So there was only one card issue, and that was when Maguire um, chopped Kevin De Bruyne down again when we had a break. But Maguire should have had at least two cards by that point. Uh, and McTominay, again, in the second half, had to go at Ken. Uh, I can't remember, it was Cancelo, I think it was. Again, you know, the sort of kick that Kyle Walker got sent off for in the Champions League. Maybe not quite as bad, but similar. And again, we got a free kick. Well, no, no, we didn't even get a free kick. We got a throw in. But no card for McTominay. And you, you do wonder whether that was kind of revenge for the Everton game. Well, there it was at halftime. And uh, guys, what I always like to do is uh, just um, t- take a look at halftime tweets. Some of them really tickled my fantasy especially this one from uh, someone called Paul Griffin, who writes, amateurs criticising Maguire just revealed their ignorance of cutting-edge tactics. He's playing as a false five. That was a good one. <laughs> uh, and uh, the other one is uh, Manchester United are the only team that can make Raphael Varane last week look like Mick McCarthy on a bad day. And this week they're making uh, Paul Pogba look like um, a late stage Tony Cascarino. <laughs> that, that, that's what United are doing to these players who have got something about them, but they're just, um, they're not, he, he, no manager seems to be able to get a, get a tune out of them. But uh, on we go, guys, uh, into the second yep. half. 
You look at that. Sorry, you know, something, something else. You I mean you look at that team man for man, and you think maybe Sancho would get in our squad, but not one of the other players either um, starting for them or on their bench. They, they, yeah. You know, if we had an injury crisis, some of them might get on the bench, but um, you know, and, and that's the difference between them. The, it's not just the money you spend; it's the way you spend it. Mm-hmm. Pop quiz question here now. This time for Bernard. Uh, Bernard, yeah. what was the combined what was the combined uh, cost, uh, financial cost to United for Maguire and Juan Bissaka? Uh, this this will kill you if you know the answer. It's incredible. But how much did they cost United combined? One hundred and fifty. Very not, not too far away. One hundred twenty. One thirty five. What, uh, raise the close there, I think. 130 million guys. Just let that yeah. sink in. 130 million for one Bissaka who was being, be, being given the absolute runaround there. And Harry Maguire is just the classic uh, lamppost uh, defender. Um, but uh, well, it actually, really is. I mean, you think how many fridge freezers you could have bought for 80 million. Oh. You know, <laughs> Maguire. Yeah, and at least you get some use out of a fridge freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor Harry, he's taking a terrible battering in this pod, but it's all good fun, Harry. If you're listening, it's all in jest, mate. It's, it's all in jest. But uh, City beginning to dominate again, no, pretty much really from uh, the second half again. And uh, uh, Grealish particularly uh, prominent, Foden uh, prominent. Um, let's talk about this uh, this second half now. What was your, what was your first real... Uh, memorable uh, moment. Let's uh, bring that to to Colin uh, in the second half. So um, um, the first memorable moment. Let me check my notes. So uh, basically, um, the, the first really. I mean, it was um, United started off reasonably well in that second half, but it was only for about five minutes, eight minutes, whatever. We took control. And uh, I think it was 57th minute. Uh, we, we won a free kick on the left, about six yards in from the byline. And um, instead of just put, pumping it into the area, it was played over the top to Riyad Mahrez, who was coming in from the back. Um, he, he didn't quite catch it right. He hit it too high. And the interesting thing was at that point, Alistair Mann, the, say the City commentator, said, how many times can you, you know, Riyad Mahrez was totally on my, how many times can you get away with that before you sus? Which was an interesting comment because it uh, proved very prophetic. But I think that was the first, um, that was the first real big moment of the, the second half for me. Yeah, well, well, I had that as well, Colin. As my, I've got the first, that second half, 57th minute. As you, as you said, that was the yeah. first thing that happened. Yep. Um, and of course, uh, United given given a you know a little bit of a boost. Uh, you could say <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. But anyway, uh, Elanga and Pogba uh, taken off and replaced by Rashford and Lingard. And uh, obviously, uh, that must have um, given uh, the United fans uh, some uh, some hope. Um, didn't really work out that way. Um, City passing a, 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 the ball around quite comfortably, and then comes uh, Ray's man. So let's let's hey. let's uh, throw it over to. This is becoming a little kind of a, a little running joke, right, guys? Because you know we all know how much uh, uh, how many Algerian fans that that Ray has. But uh, Maure is on the 69th uh, minute. Ray, do you remember much about that one? Because he hit it quick. Absolutely. And I've got to say to all our Algerian listeners, I'm sure there's thousands, legions of them, Washrakom, to all our Algerian (laughs) listeners. That'll get you a few listening next week, hopefully. Um, Yeah, we had this this corner, and it was quite interesting that we waited for John Stones to get up. You know, tall John Stones, good in the air. And uh, I think it um, it was KDB and... Uh, Forden standing there looking like we might take a short corner so Stonesy um, goes to the near post and grapples with a couple of United uh, defenders and so everybody is kind of attracted to, to, to the near post you've got four United defenders around the near post and then four others in the middle of the area and so you think the action's going to be where the tall guys are but but it isn't and the ball sails over everybody's head I think it's Rodri must have got a call from Mares who's coming in on the edge of the box. And uh, Rodri just lets it go. And Mahrez hits it. Pretty sweet. It's a pretty nice 
Uh, was it half volley? It was right on the on the ground, and I think it it, it touched the fridge on its way. I think it touched Maguire's knee, and that took it past uh, De Gea. I mean, at the time, you know, you know, you don't you don't know until you've seen a, a couple of replays that it has actually touched um, um, a United defender on the way through, and that's deflected it past De Gea. I think De Gea probably would have saved that otherwise, but. It was it was a nice routine, you know. Something it was nice to see that we'd actually worked on a on a corner routine that uh, avoided hitting the first man. Uh, it makes a nice change, but Mara's is that so sweetly. Um, yeah, it was just a, it was a good goal, and I think the game. It, you think it was probably over then, and the way United played after that, after we scored that third goal, you knew it was over. Yeah, they were they were physically drained. You could see it. They were they were they were chasing shadows, uh, really. And uh, something that I found quite uh, surprising to read in in a couple of uh, publications uh, before uh, this pod, uh, Colin, which um, I mentioned to Ray just before we got started, he poured scorn all over it as 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 probably it deserves. But they're um, apparently. Um, PSG planning to make a move for Mares to replace Angel Di Maria. That wouldn't really make much uh, sense, certainly for us. Anyway, you think he's got a year left on his uh, contract, but it would be that uh, that would be a, a, a nonsensical decision to let him go, wouldn't it? Well, if we let him go, yeah, of course we don't hang on to players who don't want to be there, and and there's not many players don't want to be at City at the moment. Let's be honest. I mean, uh, um, you know, Sané made him a. Um, I, think, I didn't make a mistake, but uh, Leroy Sané is about the only one uh, of the first teamers who didn't want to be here. But, you know, he, his attitude wasn't great at times anyway. Uh, Mares, I would hate to lose, yeah. But you, you could understand the attraction for him of going back to Paris. Yeah, guys. And I, I don't know if you felt the, felt the same, Bernard. Um, the game sort of petered out after that. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne went off on 80 minutes. And uh, so Franny Lee's Derby hat-trick record... Uh, still safe, but um, uh, I don't know if you felt there was much in in the last sort of twenty minutes there until Mister Morris popped up again. Well, I, th- I think Colin was very kind to United before. I thought, to be honest with you, I don't even think they had five minutes at the start of the second half. I thought, I thought when they went in at half time, Ragnick had told them that the favourite pets had passed away or something. The way they came out for that second half, I thought they were all looked devastated. And I just even at two one uh, early doors, I thought the game was over. I thought this this lot aren't going to do anything. And I, I'm not like that. I'm I'm Mister Negativity. I'm Mister Glass half full. Yet they just didn't seem that interested. And it was only. Once we scored, obviously, they were dead and buried once we got that goal. But the only time they even looked interesting in that second half was when Rashford came on. And Rashford had a couple of little runs up the middle, uh, had a go at the City players. But I don't even remember Edison having to make a single stop in that second half, you know, apart from just kicking it around with his mates. I know he was perched he's on the halfway. Very early on. One very early on, which is why, uh, which was a soft one right across the area. He didn't have much trouble with it. Wasn't on target. <laughs> I said the same thing at the ground at about 65 minutes. They're just looking to hold on to what they've got, which is basically, a, you know, a one goal deficit. I've, I've never uh, seen. I've, I've seen some poor performances by City and United, but I mean, you know, we've, we've gone away from main road in the old days. We've gone probably gone away from the Etihad, saying they're not fit to wear the shirts. And I just, I just don't know what happened to you now. Even when they came out, they did a little training routine before the City players come out. You know, with the cones where they run up and down, and they weren't even. You know, they just got. They weren't even doing anything. They were just sort of strolling, doing that. And I think that was just yeah. A, the cones put in more effort, didn't they? Yeah, I mean the cones. Hey, I think there was that picture, wasn't it, of, uh, of, the, of the dribbling with the cones, and obviously uh, what spot the difference because there wasn't much difference real between the cones in red and the United players in red. And as as you said there, it was I was comfortable at two one, and that's not me. I was very very comfortable at three one, uh, and obviously by the ninetieth minute, I think someone's going to describe it now. It was just the the icing on the cake. Well, guys, from that uh, from that uh, goal right through to the 88th minute, 92 percent possession uh, uh, by City. Uh, I, this was I just felt bad for Ederson. I mean, he was a smoking jacket, cigarillo out all, with, all with the deck chair. There's just nothing for this guy to be doing, and uh, it was uh, you know was, uh, you you saw a team being wrenched apart and humiliated. And uh, if it wasn't so enjoyable, it would be it would be sad, and I'm sure it was sad for for a lot of people. I thought that was it, but um, 
Here we go. 90 plus two. It's back to Ray because it's your man again, Ray. He doesn't disappoint you these days, does he? Michael, I thought you'd have talked about Concello's volley. Have we not talked about that? I've fallen asleep and missed <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a nice moving Concello had this grip. When they talk about, I just got to mention this. When they talk about City being boring, you got your left back in Manchester United's penalty area, yeah, uh, doing a, a, an acrobatic uh, scissors kind of kick uh, towards the far po- post on a cross. I mean, if that's boring, I don't know what exciting you know uh, stuff people want because uh, you know City City are you know. They'll go through phases where it might be a bit tepid at times, but we'll get that uh, excitement. And um, so, yeah, United's goal, I think, just trying to remember, uh, we put them under a lot of pressure. And I think it was a, a poor, ended up with a poor clearance from De Gea, um, which uh, um, Gundogan chested to, was it Rodri? I think United player got his foot in the way and kicked the, <laughs> the ball in Rodri's face. Um, and it bounced back, I think, back to Gundogan, um, who... Um, just uh, took a couple of paces forward and then just rolled it through to Mares. And United defending was again, it was atrocious. I mean, he could have passed it to, I think, Forden or Mares. You had a situation, I think you had Lindelof. Forden was between Lindelof and Maguire. Then you had Mares between Maguire and uh, Teles on the other side. So, I mean, Gundogan could have passed it to either of them. So, they were, you know, Maguire was marking nothing, you know, marking that famous player space. And the other guys were nowhere near. It's just it's just atrocious defending again. And um, Gundogan uh, puts the ball through to Mares. And actually, at the time, you think, well, it looks offside. Um, it was a nice finish where he just blasted it into um, <laughs> De Gea's face. Took his, took his head off. Yeah, he took his head off with that one. <laughs> De Gea went down uh, uh, like a uh, sack of spuds. Uh, but the linesman had his flag up pretty much straight away. And everybody thought it's, it's offside. And actually, I think you have to w- look at the picture so carefully when they put the lines out. Because it looks offside until you notice that uh, the, the player's foot is keeping Mahrez onside. And you got some, uh, was, that, was it look, Frank Was it Frank Hallid? You, I, don't, I don't know much about it. I think he owns a restaurant. He's a rich guy, a Chelsea fan, and he's a bum. <laughs> okay, he's a bum because... <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this for free. When Aguero, a few seasons ago, we were coming up to play in Chelsea, I think it was, must have been tight near the top of the table. Aguero got injured and Frank Hallid did what you don't, you just don't do this. He was laughing and celebrating Aguero getting injured uh, before they played Chelsea. Now, I, th- I just thought it was disgusting. And so he's, he's, he's out there whinging that Liverpool and City uh, uh, get these decisions when obviously uh, Chelsea didn't get it in the, in the Carabao Cup final. But, um, uh, you know, it, it was just that, that foot was just keeping him on side. So it it was great. I thought, to be honest, it's what we deserved. I mean, you know, it should have been six or seven, really. I I I I, I said this to Bernard the other day. When we're beating teams that have historically given us a, a pace, and we've got we've had tough times against. When we're beating them, I just want us to keep going. I don't want us to sit on that three one and say take it easy, or you know, I want us to keep going, get four, five, six, seven. Because, you know, at some point in the next few years, our dominance will come to an end and we won't get chances like this. Uh, so, you know, I want us to rub their noses in it as much as we can. Um, so 4-1, I think, was a better reflection on our performance uh, over the 90 minutes. And there were tears uh, at Old Trafford. There were tears at uh, Anfield. Uh, United didn't do them any favours. Now the goal difference has improved uh, now a bit. There's only one goal difference between uh, uh, City and Liverpool. And it was quite, um, quite, quite funny just to watch the reactions of uh, Roy Keane um, after the match. He's, he doesn't have anything more to say. I mean, he's said it all before. He, you know, he just, uh, he said that uh, I think his most uh, pointed remark was there were five or six players there who should never, never play for Manchester United again. Uh, great to see and so uh, there it is guys anything else you want to say about this game before we move on any other comments can I just mention the uh, fold and shoulder charge on one Basaka? that was and it was such a shit you know it could have almost led to a game that had led to a goal that would have been replayed for years to come it obviously didn't unfortunately it could have done but fantastic I mean one Basaka. I mean he must have knocked him about 10 yards it was absolutely terrific <laughs> That was that. Yeah, you know, I saw that, and I was thinking, have I, have, 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 am I watching like 
Maz Vidal against Colby Covington. <laughs> it, it was it was it was a, a hugely impressive uh, moment there. But uh, there you go, guys. Um, four one, and um, City have um, uh, they've got a bit of a gloss back after that sort of narrow one nil win against uh, Everton. Uh, City are, are going along quite nicely, although. We do have a little bit of a player shortage, Ray, coming up to the next again. Yeah, yeah, Pep was talking about in the press conference today. He said we're down to about fifteen outfield players. Um, you know, we've got a situation where Pep is he's still incandescent with rage about uh, Walker. I mean, this was ages ago. Walker <laughs> got that um, uh, that uh, sending off against uh, who was it now? Um, uh, Leipzig, and uh, in his press conference today, he said, uh, "When a player does a stupid thing, he deserves to be banned for the game." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In this kind of action, I'm still so angry with him. And uh, yeah, I think he went on to say, "It's not necessary to discuss that is so important to us." You saw the game he played against United, but in Leipzig, he had already qualified 80 minutes in. This kind of he deserves the three games. The club appealed it, but did not agree. They had to do it in other. Uh, they had to do it because in other similar cases it was just two games. But he deserved it. Hopefully he learns for the future. And that's caused us a lot of trouble because we've got a problem now. No Walker can close out. FK isn't going to be risked. Uh, and Diaz obviously has got a, um, an injury for between four and six weeks. He's got a hamstring problem now. So we've got, we've basically got three defenders. Uh, and you don't want to be playing your first choice defend first choice pairing at centre back, which is Laporte and uh, Stones. Uh, I, I, I think Zinchenko is going to play, uh, but it's caused caused us, you know, that, a, 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 quite a few issues now, and it's going to be interesting to see what Pep does. Uh, he's going to have to go into the um, into the uh, uh, kids, you know, the second team as he calls it. He's going to have to get one or two. He needs a centre back. There's no way I'd be playing Stones because he's our only right sided centre back left. I might risk Laporte, but on the other side, we don't need to worry too much because we got um, a five nil w- uh, lead. But I don't want us to put out such a weakened side that we get beat because it's just that, that momentum and that winning habit. I just want it to disappear. I just want us to keep winning. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what, what he does. And I think De Bruyne's a booking away from but He'll probably be uh, left out as well. So it's going to be really, really interesting. I, I you know, I, I commend anybody, anybody who picks the stats in the left for tomorrow because... I just haven't got an idea what it's going to be. Well, let's go over to our man who 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 has a, de- a reasonable uh, record of uh, predicting uh, lineups, and that's uh, Bernard. So, Bernard, uh, what do you reckon? Oh, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I mean, someone actually said today about a centre half, and I mean, I did actually say, well, why not put Ferner next to either Laporte or Stones, probably Laporte put him there and put Lavia as DM unless Rodri can play if Rodri wants to have a rest put Lavia in there as a DM I mean we're 5-0 up uh, I'm sure he'll do an okay job there uh, so I, I think that's an option but it is as Ray said it is a, it is a nightmare really isn't it I mean obviously I could see McAtee perhaps getting a game uh, with yeah. in this at a pinch McAtee but uh yeah, apart from that, he's not going to risk any other youngsters, is he? Let, let's be honest about it. So he's going to have to jiggle, jiggle the team up. Delap up front. Why not put Delap in? He was on the bench the last game. Why not have Delap? I mean, that's my choice to have Delap up front um, with um, Sterling on the left and Gabriel Jesus on the right. Yeah. Well, well, the three guys that were on the bench for the derby are obviously, you'd think, the three guys more likely to step in, which were McAtee, Delap, and, and Betty. And Betty's a centre-half, isn't he? Yeah. Why not put him next to uh, to Laporte? And put Ferner at the DM. And for yeah. me, I'd have Ferner at the DM. Ferner can protect uh, him anyway. So, I mean, why not? I mean, that, that, that again, you know, we're final up. I don't, I, I can't imagine he's going to play strongest team sporting. You want to come out with it some credit, but you know, I, I think, I think we can get away with that and, and just at least rest stones all the put. Well, stones probably rather than the port, but uh, at least, at least keep one of them for Crystal Palace, which is obviously is the crucial game, uh, just five days after this. I can't see Sporting putting out their top side, as you say, Ben, no, because no. I think they're six points off the 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 top in 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 Portugal, and the, the game's dead. The games are over. Got, you know, you're not bigger fish to fry, uh, Sporting. They've got bigger fish to fish to fry, so they're not they're yeah. going to risk anything on this one. Mm-hmm. 
Sorry, I've got guys, some bad news, guys. Yeah, go ahead, Ray. I've got some bad news. Liverpool. What's that? Games, Liverpool games just over. We're obviously recording this on Tuesday evening. They lost at home to Inter Milan, but it was only 1-0. And Inter Milan had a lot of time to try and score a, a second goal and take it into extra time. Um, um, but they had a player sent off, which was a shame. Sanchez got himself sent uh, two yellow cards. Um, but they... Get over 30 minutes to score that second goal. So Liverpool are definitely through in the, in the Champions League. And Bayern Munich beat Salzburg by a mere seven goals to one. Only the 7-1. Only the 7-1. OK. Well, guys, um, we, we've talked about um, the upcoming game against uh, Sporting Lisbon. That's at the Etihad. Then, of course, after that, Bernard mentioned the game um, on away game on the 14th against... Uh, uh, Crystal uh, Palace. Uh, the the other thing I just wanted to briefly mention is we know we we know our FA Cup um, uh, opponents. That's on Sunday the twentieth, I think, and uh, that is away a to Southampton. Uh, uh, Colin, they're they're a bit of a tricky prospect, Southampton these days, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we had trouble down there, but we still should have won. Um, but they gave us a terrible time in the first half, so. Um... You know, they're not under relegation pressure. They're not um, are they even looking at potentially Europe. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it, it will be a difficult one for us. I mean, some, yeah, Southampton, yeah, no, I don't think they've got a realistic chance of getting in the European place particularly. But um, it will be a tricky one. They're, they're a funny team, aren't they? They can play really, really well on their day. And we know what they can do. Um, and, and they can be quite um, quite anonymous at times. Um so yeah, it's um, it, yeah, it's it, it's a trick. I mean, um, Ast- um, Aston Villa uh, put four past them, you know, and Villa are no no particular great shape. So you know they can be beaten, uh, and I still would expect us to beat them. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Here's another pop quiz, guys. Um, the number of teams that uh, the number of times that a team has scored four or plus four plus goals in the Premier League era. And uh, we, I've got the list of the top four teams and how many times they've done it. Um, actually, the top five uh, teams. So uh, so we've got uh, City uh, leading, then Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea and Arsenal. So, guys, how many times do you think that Man City have scored more than four times? 50. Perfect. 50. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you looking at the same thing I'm looking at, Bernard? I'm sure you are <laughs> good, eh? <laughs> Liverpool, Le- Liverpool, Liverpool are 41. next. Uh, how many times have they done it? 41. 41, yeah. And then obviously Spurs there's a... Uh, Spurs are actually 30. Oh, wow. Sorry. Sorry. No, sorry. <laughs> it was 29 when City beat United. It was 29, and obviously Spurs beat Everton last night. It was 30, so my mistake. I didn't add that one on. There we go, there we go. But you that's the sixth, stand they? The sixth. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's take a look at the uh, Premier League table, guys, as uh, as we finish off. And uh, we'll just top. have... Um, yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, we are de- let's, let's just uh, take a look at the table, because we always... Um, a lot of people do enjoy some of the comments that uh, are made by the guys on some of the other teams applying their trade in this in this league. And uh, anything particularly noticeable? Anything that is comment worthy? Just before we finish off, uh-huh. I was well, talking about the twenty-two point gap. Was it 22, 23 point gap? Yeah. No, sixty-nine. Yeah, twenty-two point gap. That's uh, and and the interesting thing, of course, now. Arsenal are a point ahead of United, but with three games in hand. Yeah. Um, or three difficult games. West Ham, two points behind, uh, same games. Spurs, two points behind, two games in hand. Uh, Spurs, Arsenal have got to play each other, I think, haven't they? Yeah. So, um, that, yeah, that could be very interesting. Even Wolves, five points behind with a, a game in hand. So, uh, top four is, you know, United are going to need all Mike Riley's help to get top four, I think. <laughs> yeah, Mike Brown is going to have to have the game of his life, isn't he? Um, what about West Ham and Tottenham? Are they in with a shout? Top four? That's what I'm saying. What's that, right? It's difficult. I mean, they're on 48 points. Arsenal should be a shoo-in for top four. They're on 48 points. They've got three games in hand over United and West Ham. The only ones you know, who could say is 
actually Spurs who are up and because Arsenal, they've got to play each other. So I think actually, I think actually Arsenal Spurs, whoever has the best finish can take that fourth spot. And actually Chelsea, I said this weeks and weeks ago, Chelsea took over their shoulder because they're five points clear of Arsenal, but have only, but Arsenal got a game in hand. So Arsenal could be knocking on the door of catching Chelsea. Spurs are eight points behind. Chelsea haven't played the same number of games. So it's going to be more difficult. <laughs> but, you know, Chelsea, Chelsea cannot afford now to let the season drift away. They're not going to finish uh, you know, first or second, they can't afford to let it go, and they're a bit in and out at times as well. So, it, it's 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 going to be an interesting finish to the season. But I, I think if Arsenal don't get fourth spot, then from where they are now, that's got to be a big failure for them. Tell you what, Bernard, I wouldn't much fancy being either a Leeds or an Everton supporter at this point. Looking pretty precarious for those two, don't you think? Yeah, I mean Everton, obviously. Um... I know they've actually played a game more, haven't they? Than sorry, a game less than Burnley, what Burnley, and two games less than Watford and Norwich. But it's just the run they're on. Yeah, that's the problem. It's not just the fact that they've got these games; it's the fact they're not winning games and they're getting. You know that that defeat at Spurs was. I thought they might get something there, and I think they've done okay at uh, their place in the past. And it's the sort of ground sometimes Everton pick up points, but. Uh, yes, I mean the apology didn't help, did it? Obviously, that didn't help them get up the league. Anything that <laughs> apology that the the PGMOL sent them that didn't help at all in, in one way. So perhaps they do another. Perhaps perhaps next time send them some points instead of an apology. That that might improve the, the state of things. But yeah, Everton have got two games and on Leeds, haven't they as well? So they could drag Leeds back into it. But as I said, uh, Everton and Leeds are they're in their sort of free fall a little bit, aren't they? So that's the problem. Um, yeah, it's any any three from five still at the moment. I think everyone above them is fairly safe. But uh, current form, obviously Norwich, Norwich are sort of after that brief excitement are struggling out. They've lost the last four. Uh, Watford have lost three out of the last five. Uh, and the the only team obviously who's actually won a couple of games in the last five is Burnley. But even they're on a on a, lo- a couple of losses now. So. Yeah, very, very interesting. I'm more excited about that, of course, and than, than the top four battle. I, I quite like to see who's going to get relegated. Well, Burnley actually have got a good goal difference compared to everybody yeah. else. Um, and you know, yeah, they've point. got some decent games as well. Yeah, so they've yeah. got the right yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, but you always think Burnley can still get out of it because they because they always do. You know, they've got the game against Brentford uh, at the weekend, then they've got um, actually a couple of weeks off to. Obviously, they've got to play City, but they've got games against Norwich. They've got uh, Watford to play as well this season. Um, and yeah. so, they've, you know, it's them. You know, someone's, someone down there is going to win it two or three games. It's going to be just about enough to, to squeeze out. I think we could be losing Leeds or Everton. It'll be interesting to see, especially if it's Everton, won't it? If, uh, obviously, Leeds won't be a surprise. Uh, but obviously, with the new manager now, the, the new guy they've got in, perhaps he can serve it yeah, would Bernard? Would you laugh if Everton go down? Um, well, it happens to everybody, doesn't it? I wouldn't laugh, but I mean, at the end of the day, you take it on the chin, don't you, and carry on. I mean, they've got problems with the Russian connections as well, haven't they? They've, so not only are they struggling, but don't they have their connections? Uh, probably Colin knows better than me. Don't they have uh, connections financially with a lot of Russian organisations uh, at Everton as well? Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, obviously, their, their owner, technically, or majority owner, is Farhad Mashiri, who's an Iranian. But he's the business partner of Alisher Uzmanov, who's a, a Russian, who's been sanctioned by the UK. Um, he sponsors the training ground. He's paid for naming rights for the new stadium. They've got a couple of big Russian sponsors, Megafon, and I can't remember who the other one is. Uh, so, yeah, um, it, it could be interesting if they go down. It could be, uh, you know... And, they just started to build on a, a, a big new stadium as well. You know, you don't know how much um, that, that uh, although uh, Farhad Mashir is the official owner, um, uh, you know, there's always speculation that Osmanov is really the financial uh, backer behind the throne. So, yeah, it could be it could be a very difficult time for them. Yeah, I certainly won't laugh, Ray. But obviously, as I said, you know, at the end of the day, even you know, we, you know, Everton have got away with it many years ago, didn't they? I remember them sort of going yeah, to the yeah. last day a couple of times and getting away with it. And these things happen, and I'm sure they'll come, they'll get back up, and uh, things will work out. But I won't laugh at them, but I won't particularly feel sorry for them either. Yeah, yeah. I will, nope. I will send them an apology though if they do go down. 
Don't forget. Don't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, talking of financial news, talking of financial news, been watching the Manchester United share price the last few days, which has absolutely collapsed. And I think it's largely to do with, well, I think it's probably a lot to do with the the, the, the general stock market malaise. But of course, you know, as the chances of top four recede, um, the, the the value has has dropped. So they're now under two billion dollars based on the share price. And if you go back, um, if you go back, um, well, three three years. So if you go back to end of uh, yeah a year ago, the the share price was like twenty dollars, and now it's twelve something. Mm. So they've lost forty percent of their value in just over a year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty bad news there. Well, we've we've seen their 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 income drop dramatically. Obviously, COVID hasn't helped. And if they don't get Champions League, which I think is unlikely, it's going to get another hammering. So you know they're in a they're in a prickly position right now, United, with their their income and 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 also um, with the the strength of the teams because you know obviously the City and Liverpool way out ahead. Arsenal seems to be back into it. Chelsea um, are still going to be up there next season. Who who knows where Newcastle are going to be because they're. You know, you know, who knows? Because you don't know how much they're going to spend in the summer and how much better they'll get. Um, and uh, other clubs, Wolves are knocking on the door. West Ham will still be there. I mean, who's to say? United and you know, some of their I've seen some of their fans say they they reckon they'll be challenging again for the title in three years. And I just say, what you what, what are you smoking, guys? Because yeah, I just yeah. while while City and Liverpool, while Klopp's there, while Pep's there, you know. They, they, they're getting so many points. I had a look at the who's got more than ninety points out of City, United, and Liverpool in the past. And even with Ferguson, he was there thirty-two years. He played, I think, think about ten or eleven seasons or whatever, or, or plenty of seasons with forty-two games a season. And he still couldn't get more than I think he got ninety-three points was his best season uh, on you know on ninety-one or something ninety-two. And Klopp has already done that twice in six years. Pep's done it twice in five years. Um, and actually, last year, I think if we didn't switch off towards the end of the season, we would have done it, uh, would have got over 90 points. So, you know, I think that's the standard. The standard really is around 90 points to have a chance of winning the league. And I just don't see how United are going to get there with Liverpool and City uh, and Klopp and, and Pep there and, and, you know, Chelsea being strong. You need 90 points to challenge. And, you know, they're miles off it now. So three years, once again, you guys are having a laugh. Um, but, you know, I think it'll be at least five years before they're in a position to challenge again. Football can change quickly, but there's not the quality of manager out there. If they're looking at Pochettino and others, the quality is not there to make them um, a 90 point a season side. Yeah, and I think what's um, what's even worse for United is they're con- contractually obligated to make Ralph Rangnick the technical director when they bring in the new manager, whoever that is. And, and basically, on the evidence of what we're seeing, it doesn't look too promising. But um, enough about that, guys, because I think we're cu- pretty much out of time. A good week for City uh, on several fronts, actually. I think the under-18s won. Five one. The women won the uh, was it the Intercontinental Cup or the Continental Cup? Continental Cup. Yeah. So a great week for City. Not such a not such a good week for cricket, guys. You know, this is just my personal uh, opinion. But I was a huge fan of Shane Warne and Rod Marsh back in the day. So unfortunately, we lost those two. But their legacy is uh, well and truly uh, secured. Um, but uh, that's pretty much all I've got uh, for this particular pod, guys. We'll be back with you again uh, pretty quickly, I would imagine. Uh, but uh, we'll just uh, say farewell to the guys and, uh, and and finish things off here. So, um, Colin Savage, thank you very much for coming on. It's a pleasure as always, partic- as I said at the start, particularly after the weekend's result. Yes, and also uh, Bernard. Bernard, thank you very much for coming on too. Yeah, pleasure as always, mate. I'll be uh, hoping that the family stand will be doing another Poznan tomorrow night when we uh, get beat 6-0 by Sporting, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> OK, and as, as as usual, thank you very much, uh, Ray, for um, for staying up uh, uh, for us for this one. <laughs> well, mate, the, 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 uh, 
the bolt from the blue podcast listeners don't know i've, I've been up at six o'clock for the last four days uh my heart bleeds not yeah that's it and I've, it's, oh, you know, right, guys. i'm going to stop these this bunch of comedians there before they get started no, it's here great, it's great when, when, before they get, when you get up that early yeah. you can yeah, no, what, early? I've done half a shift by, half a shift by six o'clock. Bloody early. What are you on about? I've been breaking that early. You can spend some the time. day at six o'clock. <laughs> yeah, but, but I'm going to bed at two o'clock in the morning and getting up at six. Um, but no, no, you can you can spend a little time bef- uh, watching, uh, you know, some highlights of the derby and looking at bits and pieces. So it's always nice to. To, to you know, uh, watch that a, a few times. Listen, before, mate, listen, um, there's no highlights of the derby on Pornhub. I know what you're like, mate. Don't don't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go there. Right, that's it. That's that's as far as we're going to go before we go in a direction that I don't want to go. All right, guys. Uh, uh, anyway, thanks, guys, for coming up on. The uh, up the blues, up up the blues, guys. Have one on us. Uh, up the blues. Cheerio for now. <laughs>